It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, When the pain comes, it's all right. I can't complain, no. The sun's shining down on me, yeah. All right. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. I'm recording this right now as we've got Monday Night Football in the background. It's halftime. It's Niners. It's Seahawks. And it hurts, you know, because I don't know who to root for. I don't want either of them to win. But a week ago, I was looking at this game and I was thinking that I needed uh, the Seahawks to beat the Niners because I still envision the Rams coming back and having a fight uh, in this NFC West. But now at this point, we are looking and trying to find a way into the playoffs. And I think the best case scenario is a Niners victory. So either way, it feels weird right now watching this game. But so far, it's a good game. But we took a break at halftime. I've got an awesome guest on the show today. This one hits home. If you guys listen to our off-season schedule when we had our Chicago Bears on, I had my brother Drew Motter on the show. Well, he is back We got him on today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rams and uh, this past game, but mostly we are ready to turn the page because we understand we lost. We understand the offensive line was horrible. We understand Jared Goff was horrible, but we're going to break this down a little bit further. We're going to talk about how it can be turned around from a week-to-week basis. You got the Chicago Bears coming into town, and they are uh, having some of these same issues on the offense and some of the criticism in the local media going after Mitch Trubisky and their coach uh, Nagy as well. So we're going to talk about all those similarities between these two teams and how this matchup is going to show down on Sunday Night Football in front of the world. They get to see these two amazing on-fire offenses. Uh, So we're going to get to that here in just a minute. But before we do, guys, don't forget to go give us a follow on social media, Lockdown Rams, all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal Uh, You can find that on Twitter as well. And then the show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Hit the download button. Hit subscribe. Share with the friends. You guys know the deal. But we've got an awesome show for you guys today. So with that, we're just going to kick right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by Drew Motter, and this is your lead story. Drew, the Rams offense is an obvious problem, and specifically the offensive line, and that was before all the injuries. But Uh, We got Joe Noteboom, starting left guard, out for the year. Brian Allen, starting center, out for the year. Andrew Whitworth is getting older by every game, and it seems to kind of be showing in his play. Also, you're looking at Rob Havenstein, who is going to be out for this matchup versus the Bears. Every way you look, there's injuries and there's problems on this O-line. Is this a fixable solution to revamp an offensive line this poor in the middle of the season, or do they just have to kind of plug in guys and go with what they have and work about uh, switching the scheme a little bit. What do, the, what do these guys do with this issue? Well, first off, Bear, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Uh, it's good to chat with you again. Man, if I had the answer to that question, I would pass it on to the Bears. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. We're, we're kind of dealing with the same thing, like not as, not as much on the injury front. We lost Kyle Long earlier in the year. Um, you know, he, he's supposed to be the leader of, of that line, but really hadn't played very well. Um, but, you know, we signed Bobby Massey and Charles Leno to extensions and gave them all this money, and they're playing terrible. Um, I, I don't know how you fix this problem. I think you kind of – you do probably have to scheme it. 
you know, to me as a Bears fan, this looks kind of like a get right game for the defense a little bit um, and, and probably on both sides. But, you know, it's going to be two really ugly offensive lines. And I don't know how you can fix that problem over the course of the season. You, you know, it's not like a, a, a skill position player where you can go out and sign a guy off the street that can come in and perform for you. Like, there's not there's not starting offensive linemen out there waiting for a job. So you, you really just have to kind of slap it together with duct tape and hope for the best. Yeah, I'm kind of like hoping for like uh, something that will be in, in the movie theaters in like three years. Like pulled this offensive lineman off the couch, came in and helped them win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like I need Sandra Bullock to like get into a movie script immediately, and uh, hopefully it plays out for the Rams. But you're right, it, it's there's no one hanging out waiting for a phone call right now, and if they are, uh, they're not very good. Uh, and and that's going to be an issue for the Rams. So basically, plug and play is what you got to deal with. Here's Here's a list of some of the names of this, of healthy uh, linemen for the Rams. It's Andrew Whitworth that we mentioned, Austin Blythe, who uh, will now most likely be playing center, uh, Austin Corbett, who we got in that trade three weeks ago. This was his first action, and there was mm. lots of talk about developing him, and, and maybe this next year we'll see where he goes. <laughs> well, we don't really have the luxury of that. He'll most likely uh, be in there, I would think, at left guard. I think that's where he was in, but it's crazy. I mean, they were flying around from left guard to right tackle all over the place. Uh, David Edwards, who's played pretty well uh, in the first couple games, but uh, he started at left guard, then came in at right guard, and then was finished at right tackle. Uh, it was a kind of mess for him. Jameel Demby, who I think everyone in Rams Nation was ready to just cut, release, and go find uh, that person on the couch to fill that role. Well, he's healthy and, and most likely going to be active. Then there's Coleman Shelton, uh, who is a backup center who ended up getting guard play. Uh, Bobby Evans, who's a rookie from Oklahoma who hasn't seen a snap this year. And then Chandler Brewer and Jeremiah Colone, who are on the practice squad. Those guys are healthy. Uh, it's a bunch of who's who of, wait, who's who type of thing there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to put it together. You talked about the Bears offensive line uh, and how it's been. Has that, I haven't paid enough attention to what you guys are doing right now, and we're going to dive into it this week and learn a little bit more. But the offense is struggling. Is it the offensive line or is it Mitch Trubisky and, and some of the components around him that are really, you know, kind of popping out as the struggle there? You know, it depends on who you ask. I think uh, I think right now there's there's a lot of blame to go around. I think the offensive line has not been great. Um, we haven't given Trubisky a lot of time. You know, the the running backs haven't been able to get going. Is it because there's not enough holes? Is it because they're not hitting the holes? You know, it depends. Again, it depends on who you ask. It's all the scheme. I think you know, it's, for whatever reason, uh, Nagy seems to want to make Trubisky a pocket passer this year. And whether it's the injury that he suffered early on in the year. You know, he doesn't want to risk rolling him out a lot, but that's what Trubisky does well. So he's kept him in the pocket, and I think it's not a place where he's comfortable. So it's kind of led to a lot of a lot of sacks, a lot of quick passes, a lot of throw, throwaways, and you know, it just it hasn't worked. It hasn't looked like the same offense uh, that we saw last year. Yeah, well, I mean, you said a couple key phrases that I think we've been saying a lot for a while, as we've seen Jared Goff really struggle under pressure, and the and really the offensive line just struggle. Uh, in any type of protection, is move him around a little bit. He's not a Mitch yeah. Trubisky. He's not a Russell Wilson. He's not really, you know, fleet of foot and a guy that you would think to roll out much. But in the past couple games where he did see success against Atlanta and uh, the Bengals, obviously two teams that you look at and you're like, well, that's probably why he had success. But we got him outside the pocket. There were some short screens to the outside to kind of move the football quickly. And when you have no offensive line help, I think that is key in uh, moving the football. And it's something that, 
Sean McVay is going to have to kind of swallow his pride here because it seems like that he's kind of been sticking to the pattern. A lot of the same uh, offensive kind of attacking the defense, right? We're, we're kind of moving away from running the ball, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But is that on the same side with Nagy with you guys? Has he kind of uh, been stubborn or has he mixed it up to try to show some difference? No, it's the same thing. It's, it's week in, week out. You're just like, what, what are you doing, man? Like, like if, you, if your line's not protecting, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not being paid to coach football, but I know move the pocket, right? Like move, move the quarterback around if you, if you can't protect them and it just doesn't happen. And, you know, we're, the bears are kind of old school football, I formation and the media is giving him a hard time. He wants to run this kind of gimmicky spread kind of thing. And, and he said, you know, listen, man, I didn't get paid to come here and run the I formation. It's like, well, but you, you did come here to, get paid to win football games and what you're doing really isn't working so like let's maybe try something else let's move let's move Trubisky around let's let's stack a line and and, and give a running back you know some room to, to move around and you know he, he's just not doing it he's setting his ways and I, it's very similar to what you guys are experiencing with McVay right now yeah and I think that's going to be key as far as who can you know look at what they've got in front of them shake it up and, and create a game plan for that opponent coming in and, and try to do something different because that's part of the whole thing. And we'll get into this in the next segment was McVeigh was, you know, uh, very hot in the last couple of years. It was very, you know, uh, it was very cool to play like McVeigh, you know, have those styles of, of coaching. And Nagy was one of the other one of those coaches that got really hot really mm-hmm. quick. And people loved the way that he was approaching football and doing things a little differently. Uh, the NFL is about trends, but also figuring out trends. And it seems like both of our teams have been figured out a little bit. Uh, and those coaches need to continue to develop and not saying they're not. But as we watch football on Sundays, it doesn't really seem so. Uh, here's one other stat to kind of get us set and take us to the break here. The Rams led the league last year in block win rate. Uh, that was in 2018. This year, the Rams ranked 24th in that. And I'm actually surprised that they are 24th. Uh, especially seeing the the pressure that Jared Goff la- uh, got last week. So talking about needing to change, if you look at the way your roster is producing and you see those type of stats and realize it's not the same team as last year, I can't really call it the same. Got to make some adjustments. We'll see what they do this coming Sunday. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, Nagy versus McVeigh. We're going to talk about Mitch versus Goff. And then we're going to talk about these two defenses because in a weird way, that's pretty much the highlight of this game will be the defense. But uh, it's not the fun story to talk about, so we'll get into all of that coming up next. More with Drew Motter, Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams, right after this. I can't complain, Lord. Your sun's shining down on me. All right, let me, let me, let me. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. 
you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we are back. We've got my brother, Mr. Big Mod, Drew Modder, on the on the episode today. We appreciate you joining. I was kind of looking at uh, Tuesday usually is a good day to kind of throw in a different guest here and there. And my brother texted me this morning. He was like, hey, just to let you know, if you need a little, a little uh, plus one, let me know. And, and today was perfect, so I appreciate you coming on and talking some Bears football, some Rams football. Uh, we have a lot to, uh, I guess, complain about, a lot to talk about. Uh, but the one thing I want to get to is because we talked a little bit before we jumped on the podcast here. And then before I said, uh, we better record this because we're getting some good stuff out. Um, but we, as we kind of came off that last segment, we talked about uh, McVeigh and Nagy. And these were two really hot coaches and excited and, and everyone was behind what they were doing. And real quickly here in the NFL, you can tell things change. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're hearing out in Chicago and, and the pressure that Nagy is under. I mean, we've heard... Uh, people as silly as saying fire McVeigh and we need a new offensive coordinator and this and that. And there may be some truth to some of that, right? As far as helping out, adding some pieces to help out moving forward. But uh, what what's kind of shocked you the most about how fast these two coaches have fallen this year? It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild in Chicago. Um, you know, I think last time we talked, Chicago was thinking Super Bowl. Um, right. And I know LA was too. Like, you know, we made the playoffs last year. We had the double doink, but like, now we're going to make that leap and we got a real shot at the Super Bowl. So I think that was, that was the level that people came into the season expecting. And it's gone south so fast. I mean, the bears were being booed off the field in the first game of the season, right? Like wow. on, on national TV, it, it went so fast. And, uh, you know, Negi went from being this guy's a genius to what the hell is this guy doing? Get him out of here. Um, there's definitely a push to have him removed from calling plays and just let him manage, you know, the team and the organization and, and take that side of it. People just, you know, they figured it out. Like he, he had kind of, he doesn't really have an offensive philosophy. He has plays. So it's like, what is, what is now he really about? What does this offense do? And it's really hard to tell when you watch a game, like what he's actually trying to accomplish. He's just kind of running plays and the league's figured them out. So it's really tough. And I mean, sports radio on a Monday, even, even uh, today, right. I was driving around a little bit and you know, it's a victory Monday and every call <laughs> on on the radio was just like, this is ridiculous. Lions <laughs> didn't have Stafford and, and you barely won the game. And, you know, another first half where you don't score any points and blah, blah, blah. And like the, the town has given up on these guys. And it's, it's insane how quickly that can change. It is. And that's the life of football. And I think here and, and, you know, I think we've got the right guy, right? Sean McVay, I believe is the right guy. I understand sure. that Les Snead believes he's the right guy. And I think Les needs the right GM for all this minus, uh, maybe some of the contracts that he's given out. There's some questions about, you know, why do we overpay Tyler Higby yeah. and then make Gerald Everett kind of the go-to guy? 
Uh, we've gave a lot of money out to Todd Gurley and and obviously not using him in any sense. There hasn't been very good communication with uh, you know the health of him. We talked about this in the off season, and which is funny. I want to make sure my listeners know this. Uh, you ended up, I mean, what, you're in four fantasy football leagues. You got Todd Gurley in two of them. So uh, there was a lot of questions there, but somehow you couldn't resist taking him when he came up. Uh, he's still, he's, hey, uh, it's six value, man. Uh, I wish I'd taken Jordan Howard, though, because uh, <laughs> the ex-Bears running back is better than the, uh, the current Rams running back. But, yeah, yeah you, you got to take the guy when he falls to you, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. I think um, our cousin, we have got a little group chat going, and this was a couple weeks ago, but – um, you know, he sent and and was basically talking about how awesome the Patriots defense was in fantasy and, and listed, you know, tons of players who were above them, including yeah. Brandon Cooks at the time when he was active. And uh, yeah, the fantasy football, man, the draft world is always tough. You never know which direction to go. But um, getting back to kind of what we we're talking about here with, you know, the, the questions of, you know, some of the money that we've given away have kind of put us in a predicament moving forward. Because right now you got a lot of Rams fans who are kind of like you said, in Chicago are kind of hitting the reset button and saying, all right, how do we look forward to next year? Cause this one's over, even though uh, the Rams right now sit yeah. at five and four, the bears are at four and five. The division looks tough to try to get into the playoffs. Obviously, uh, you know, and both of us know we've got a bunch of good teams. You got the Seahawks and the Niners that are playing tonight that are in the NFC West, obviously in the NFC North, you've got the Packers and Vikings sitting up there near the top. Um, is there a chance one, do the bears have any hopes as far as making a push to the playoffs and then looking at it? Um, you know, how do the, how do the Rams get there as well? I mean, there's still a chance, but, uh, it really yeah. relies on winning ball games. And I think that's the tough thing that me and you don't have a lot of confidence in right now. Yeah. I mean, for the bears, you almost have to win out. Um, so the Rams, this, I mean, this game this weekend is almost a play out game, right? The losers really not feeling good right um if the bears lose for sure that's it i mean there's there's almost no way for the rams like you know as a as, as a rams fan sitting back listening to this like take a breath um i understand it's not where you want it to be but like i think the steelers are really good um they got Minka fitzpatrick and they've been a different team since then so like losing at the steelers i know that game didn't go the way you guys wanted it to but like that's not an embarrassing loss by any means you lost the niners who may be the second or third best team in football and you lost at seattle and just a heartbreaker. The Buccaneers game was the one that, you know, you wish you could have back, right? But like, other than that, you've lost some good teams in pretty good games. So I don't think this thing's over for you guys. Uh, you got to start this weekend with the Bears. You got to beat this team. And then the Ravens come to town, and you really have to just, like, yeah, <laughs> you got to get some. They're, some, they're a really good team. Yeah, we need know, some but, like uh, food so, poisoning that night, and maybe like a 3 a.m. Yeah. fire alarm might be the best uh, defense there. It's going to be tough. I mean, the schedule is tough, right? You guys have the Ravens, you got the Seahawks, you got the the Niners, you got at the Cowboys. Like, it's a tough schedule. But if you guys can get back to what you were doing and find the rhythm, I think you'll be all right. I don't feel as confident about the Bears. I think we've, you know, we we barely squeaked by the lines here, but we're not a good football team, and, and we haven't looked like one all year. So it's it's really hard. You know, you, you hope you can go out and, and get a win this weekend, but I kind of feel like it doesn't matter either way. This team is not headed to the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I like the way you put it. It's it's a play out game. You always hear the play in game. Yeah. Winner goes in. This is definitely it is. I think it's very true right there because uh, if you're looking at the Rams, especially as you kind of walk through the rest of their schedule and the tough opponents that they have, 
And that was, I think, the big thing with the Steelers game. And I, and I actually, I appreciate it from a person who was a Bears fan to be able to kind of cheer up Rams Nation and kind of say, hey, take a deep breath because the Steelers aren't a bad football team. You thought they were a bad football team yeah. because there's no Ben Roethlisberger. So you're like, oh, you got to win that football game. And then you're looking at the way they started the season. So you're thinking, oh, no Ben, bad football team. They, but now they've won four out of five. They took... Uh, we talked about it last week, but they took the Ravens to overtime before they lost that game. So they're a good football team, and going into Pittsburgh is a tough place to play, regardless of whether or not Sean McVay has been really awesome on the road this year. Um, but that isn't a you know a, a loss to really you know put your head down and, and be in shame. It's more of like crap. We're just hurting ourselves as far as an opportunity to make the playoffs. And you're right, uh, a lot of heartbreaking loss. A really good Niners team that really embarrassed us in that game. Uh, a missed yeah. field goal by a guy who's almost automatic from that position. And then, you know, the Tampa Bay game, you're right, that I think at the end of the season, if we're one win away or from, from making it in, that's the one that you're probably looking back and going at home versus a team that's not even in contention for the playoffs. That one really hurts. But uh, this game is going to be good on Sunday night. They've got a couple really good defenses that are showing down. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks coming up next, so we'll hit that. We'll hit the quarterbacks. We'll hit the defense. We'll talk a little prediction. We'll wrap this thing up. Tuesday edition, Locked On Rams. It's the Modern Boys. We'll be right back after this. Last year, I talked to you about my man Dave Robles. He's out here in the real estate game killing it. He works with a group called Think Real Estate. They're part of Keller Williams, and he is hands down the best in the game out here in Los Angeles. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, you have to contact Dave immediately. He has been a top producing realtor in LA for over 20 years. He knows Los Angeles in and out. He is a LA native. He's a Rams fan. I've had multiple conversations with him. He is a super awesome guy. All you got to do, go check out his website, daverobles.com. That's D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com. Or just give him a call, 213-712-4343. Tell him Bear Motter and mention you heard him on Lockdown Rams. And this is where it gets interesting, folks. He is willing to give you season tickets in the new stadium, 2020, for the Rams. Season tickets if you buy or sell a home with them. Listen, I'm thinking right now, I'm in an apartment. I'm thinking, how do I get out of here and buy a damn home right now? Because 2020 season tickets, season tickets to the brand new stadium. Dave Robles is going to get you a seat. All you got to do, buy or sell a home. Hit them up. Even if you're just thinking, if you're throwing this idea around, or even now you heard you can get season tickets and you're telling your wife, we got to move now. Call them. 213-712-4343 or go to daverobles.com that is d-a-v-e-r-o-b-l-e-s.com it's alright I can't complain Lord your sun's shining down on me alright let me let me let me tell you what I'm head up to the sky know I'm gonna be alright right right long as I got your light shining down on me all right, third and final segment, Tuesday edition, two modders on a Tuesday. It's going down. I love it. I appreciate my brother for making some time. It is, uh, he had to put the kids to bed, and uh, we found a nice little quiet spot in the house. We got a break as we got halftime in the Monday Night Football, even though I think we're probably getting back to football here soon. Uh, but as we're looking at this, we talked a little bit about this matchup. We talked about, obviously, we know uh, both teams are struggling right now, and that's the scary thing about this game. Both teams kind of come in limping, and both are really desperate for a win, and whoever loses is going to be going out maybe 
uh, in a wheelchair. A limp may not do it to get home with this one uh, after losing this game. But, you know, we talked about Nagy and McVay and the pressure that they're under. And I think, obviously, Nagy probably has a little bit more because that Chicago media, that Chicago market, uh, a little bit tougher. I think L.A., there's still a lot going on out here. Uh, we have a lot of Raiders fans and a little bit of everything out here in Los Angeles. But uh, And people really love you. I mean, you go to the Super Bowl, you get a little bit of a leeway as far as struggling the next year. It's almost expected, uh, but we really hope the Rams are going to be able to shake that off. But if we're talking about struggling, you know, looking at the quarterback position, uh, both teams, I mean, you led and talked about Mitch and some of the decisions that he's made and not being able to move the football. But this was something that I pulled, I think, before Sunday. So I'm going to have to add a little math over here. So it was originally over their last 16 games, but I'll go over their last 17 games, playoffs included. Mitch Trubitsky now has 22 touchdown passes compared to Jared Goff at 18 touchdown passes. Uh, the, the tweet ends up going on to say this is not a compliment for Trubisky. Uh, there was kind of some, some comments in, the, in Twitter that kind of said, well, yes, of course, but you also have to understand that the Rams scored the most rushing touchdowns in that time period as well. So the, it wasn't the offense really struggling. We still had to, you know, kind of moving the football. But if you're talking about a quarterback and you're looking at numbers like that, uh, these two quarterbacks really struggled to kind of move the football uh, when you look at these two, and, and I had a, another friend that's from Chicago, and he's been, you know, ranting and raving about Mitch being horrible, and he, you know, just, he's always teased about Goff, and I said, would you trade him straight up? Would you take Goff over Trubisky? And he kind of had this long pause and said, you know, as much as, and he said, yeah, basically, after sitting about it, he goes, as much as I don't want to, would want, don't want to say yes, because I don't like the other side of this coin, uh, he would get rid of Mitch. Is that the same way you look at it? Do you look at these two quarterbacks on the same level as far as, uh, how you would rank them, or, or how do you look at this quarterback matchup coming into this weekend? I'm sorry, I can't. I can't get over that stat you just gave me. Like, <laughs> as, as bad as Trubisky's been, I can't believe he has more touchdown passes than Golf over the last 16 games. Yeah, that's crazy. So, if if you ask me that question, I would say no. I would not trade Mitch for Golf because you paid Golf. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And and we don't we haven't made that decision yet. So for that reason only, I would say no. But like talent wise. Uh, uh, probably I'm convinced like I just I think Mitch is so in his head I think he, he has zero confidence and you know playing in Chicago has done that to him right like I said he's been booed he's been literally booed off the field at halftime for half of his games this year at least every time he goes out there and there's a three and out he's booed off the field like it's it's gotten brutal and he just has, he has zero confidence I don't think his system does him any favors I don't think his offensive line does him any favors so like, I, I think he's really lost it right now. He could use a change of scenery, frankly. I don't know what he'd be somewhere else, but I, I don't know that he's ever going to be anything here. So talent-wise, yeah, give me golf, but um, I kind of don't want either. <laughs> yeah, I think the Bears really need to, like, cut ties and go, whether it's Bridgewater or whether it's, like, a Andy Dalton on a two- or three-year deal and try and, like, get by and know that you've got a really good defense and Andy Dalton can be Joe Flacco and the Ravens. Super Bowl type team. Right. Um, but like, we don't have a franchise quarterback right now. And I think a year ago this time, we kind of thought we did. And and here we are. So it, that's how the NFL goes, though, right? Like, one, one year you're a top 10 quarterback, the next year maybe you shouldn't even be on the team. Well, and you're right. You're talking about, you know, how the quarterback position goes. And that's the struggle. And I, and I was behind 
paying Goff for the only reason if we are going to pay him in the next year or two, I'd rather do it ASAP because the money's only going to continue to grow, right? Right now, he's the highest paid because no quarterback was signed after him this season. But Dak, I'm sure almost at this point, especially the way Dak's been playing, he's going to go back and go, "Uh, yeah, you better pay me more than that guy. Uh, There's going to be Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be a couple other quarterbacks that are going to be getting Deshaun Watson, another one, going to get a lot of money uh, over Goff, and, and slowly Goff's going to kind of come out of this number one type of quarterback money. But at the same time, you know, you talk about that. Before we got on here, we talked about guys like Cam Newton. MVP season, went to the Super yeah. Bowl. Everyone thought he was going to be the greatest thing for, you know, the next 10 years. Now all of a sudden he's being benched uh, and probably won't be in Carolina next year. You mentioned uh, even Joe Flacco there. Even if it was, you know, a handful of years ago that he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP or whatever it was, and got the big contract. Now he's in Denver and they're making up injuries to try to get him out of the game. Uh, so, you know, and then there's guys like, you know, Case Keenum, who's found a way to continue to be a starter. You know, it's what, third or fourth year in a row with a different team as a starter. So the, the quarterback position in the NFL is so confusing uh, and it's hard to kind of grasp around. But, uh, these two quarterbacks, I think Dude, one give thing... Me, give me Ryan Tannehill right now. How how good does Ryan Tannehill look after just, like, you probably wouldn't even have named him in your top 40 NFL quarterbacks, and all of a sudden, like, he's got the Titans looking like a playoff team again. Like, it's just so weird how this works. And he's second in the NFL as far as fourth quarter comeback victories, and he's only played, like, four <laughs> games. Like, I don't know. He's second to like, to, like, Russell Wilson as far as comeback victories this season. Uh, so, yeah, the quarterback situation is tough, and that's why I think it's tough for us here in Los Angeles. And probably even in Chicago, you've seen some of these struggles with him in the past year, uh, even when you guys were you know successful. But that each year brings a new challenge. And kind of we saw Jared Goff in his rookie year. He went to the podium after the season and said, I'm going to do better. Our team will do better. And he yeah. came back and he's won you know, 20, 30 games since then and had put up a great record and has done a lot of awesome things, including – back-to-back division champions uh, going to the Super Bowl last year. So we know that he's a winner. We know he's a tough-minded guy. And I think that's one of the things you mentioned with Trubisky because I saw something that I sent to you last week that said that he was asking for Hallis Hall, where they do all the practices and they, their organization is at, yeah. that he wanted them to turn off the TVs because he was tired of hearing criticism <laughs> from TV uh, anchors and everything uh-huh. like that inside the building. And I thought that was like one of the softest things uh, that I could see from yeah. a quarterback to say, can you turn off TV? I don't like that way they're talking about us. So maybe that's one thing, you know, as far as a Rams fan, if you're looking at, if you're trying to find things in Jared Goff, I think one thing we can see is even going back to his college career, I think he had one win his freshman year and he just got beat up at Cal, a very tough schedule. I mean, physically beaten up every single game. He had no offensive line there. I was able to bounce back and, and still, you know, come and be the number one quarterback. But um, we're we're still stuck on this conversation because I think there's a lot of stuff to get to, but you know, as far as and you kind of brought this up, and I want to talk quickly about this, but um, you know, you kind of said, well, as as a Rams fan, like, what was your other option, right? It was Carson Wentz, right? It, maybe you go Carson yeah. Wentz. Are you happier with that? And you know, my answer to you really was saying probably not because you know Carson has been injury has kind of gone on and off with some injuries. He had the one year where he had kind of an MVP kind of caliber season, uh, but then you know he wasn't even involved when they went and won the Super Bowl. That was Nick Foles, so. Uh, you know, it doesn't really hurt me when I say, oh, we missed out on this, right? But as a Bears fan, and you brought it up, you do have that feeling. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, sports radio, again, you, you drive around, you know, sports radio, you talk to your friends, whatever. All you all you can think about right now is the Bears traded up, gave up a, a first-round pick, and drafted 
Trubisky, and the two quarterbacks after him in the top 12 picks, I think, 13 picks, uh, Watson and Mahomes, right? And, the, and Mahomes is already like a Hall of Famer. And, and Watson's not far behind. Right. Um, so week in, week in, week out, you have to watch these guys put up three, 400 yards, rush for, you know, Watson's rushing like crazy. Every Mahomes has some, you know, career highlight play almost every week. And, and you just have to sit back and watch this while Trubisky throws for like nine yards in the first half of a game and turns off TVs at Hallis Hall because he's too <laughs> sensitive and like can't hear. Like it, it's just a nightmare and it's, it's so hard and, you know, Sports radio will tell you, oh, you can't think about that. And now I think finally they've all come around and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, you have to swallow that, right? Like, that was a mistake. Ryan Pace has done some really good things, but like he traded up. This is his guy. This is this is on him. This is on his name that you traded up for Mitch Trubisky, a guy who played one year at North Carolina yeah. and did nothing versus a guy that won national championships at Clemson or a guy that had like all the skills and all the athleticism of Mahomes. You made the pick, man. Like you got to live with it. Yeah, that's that's tough, and and I think that was uh, one thing that Rams fans can at least look back and and you know we talked about this a little bit again before we got into this podcast, but um, you know the big debate as far as our year is who's the best quarterback? Is it uh, Goff, Wentz, and then there's Dak? And for a while you didn't want to give it yeah. to Dak because he was kind of playing ugly football and he was getting it done to a certain point, but he's been playing pretty darn good football this year. Uh, he didn't take the $30 million guaranteed per year and everyone thought he was crazy, but he might be onto something there and, and he might be the next guy that gets paid in this group. But, uh, again, really quickly before we get out of here, I want to talk about these defenses because, uh, I just saw the Sunday night football promo come across my phone on Twitter. And usually with these two big cities and a big matchup on Sunday night, it's two quarterbacks right on the front with the, you know, the cannon loaded, ready to throw, or maybe a running back with a stiff arm looking, you know, uh, pose, but no, it is Aaron Donald and it's Khalil Mack. This is a defensive showdown. They're selling it that way. That is obviously the way that it is. If you look at the rankings of the offense of these two teams, Um, what do you expect for this game? And, and can either of these defenses do enough to kind of, uh, you know, not only win this game, but kind of help their team move forward and, and try to play some, you know, bonus football in the playoffs. It is going to be a low scoring defensive battle. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of which offense can make a play and, and get through. I, I think we mentioned, you know, we were talking earlier, but like this may be one of the first games in NFL history where both teams are booed off the field because of what their offense is doing. Right. Like <laughs> I expect a pretty good Chicago crowd. Uh, you know, maybe it's a 50-50 or 60-40 kind of thing, and both offenses could literally be booed off the field here, and it's it's crazy. But, like, our defense really has kept us in some games, and, and they've, they've had a hard job because, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out, you're back on the field all the time. You know, it's it's a hard thing to do, and we've lost, you know, we lost Danny Trevathan last week. We lost Akeem Hicks, who really, you know, as much as people talk about Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks is, is – the centerpiece of our defense like he made it go and we're really missing him so it's it's been tough we're not quite where we were um but you know i think we're still a good defense i think we'll have a hopefully a, a good matchup this weekend with the situation with your line but I, I think your defense has has a pretty awesome matchup too so yeah i mean it's gonna be low scoring and it's you know maybe which defense can can get points right which who can have pick six strip sack fumble something like that but somebody's gonna win probably (laughs) (laughs) well i think you know i I listened i listened back to our our old podcast and i think we were talking about this is like oh it's gonna be 
you know, battle eight and ones or seven and twos, and it's going to be this primetime game everybody wants to see. Like, it's not that anymore, man. No. It's just who's going to survive and maybe keep their season alive. Yeah, you're right. It is is a, a game of survival this Sunday, and uh, you're talking about the defense being out there a lot. And I didn't really think about that, that you could get, because you're right. This is Chicago. They travel well. We know the Coliseum sells tickets pretty decently to opponent teams. And, um, you know, I still think the Rams at this point, they've kind of taken control uh, of their stadium to a point. But when it gets loud on the other side, you definitely hear it. You definitely feel it. Uh, but I think they've still, they haven't gotten anywhere close of what the Chargers are doing. But obviously the Chargers are selling out, a, you know, you're talking about selling 20,000 seats uh, compared yeah. to 75, whatever thousand. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see if we see two sides of booing, uh, <laughs> booing both offenses and everyone can kind of, uh, yeah, that, that would, I didn't really think about that. But that's the frustrating thing with, um, with at least our offense is looking at it, is we see weapons, right? We we know Jared Goff can throw the deep ball. He's shown that he can do that. When given time, he can move the football. Uh, and we were really picking people apart last year when he had some time. Todd Gurley, we know what he can do down on the ground. Uh, we got Daryl Henderson, who's young and exciting. Cooper Cup, who has really kind of burst back onto the scene and has brought so much excitement to the NFL and was you know top five in receiving yards going into last week. Uh, but and that's the struggle It's like, well, wh- we got all these pieces. Why can't we get it going? But it's so important that offensive line and we'll have to see what they can do. Thankfully, as you mentioned, on, on our side, at least with some of those injuries with, um, you know, Hicks and Trevathan and and a banged up Bears team, they're not as um, I don't want to say they're not as scary as defense as last year. But last year, it felt like they could win it if Mitch didn't need to score points, right? That wasn't what they needed last year, and it's just not the same defense. Uh, The Rams might have to take that into consideration considering our offense gave us three points last week, and they did outscore the offense. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Before we get out of here, you got a prediction, uh, thoughts on how it goes, maybe a score? Tell you what, I think it's probably going to be something like 17-13 Rams. I don't expect either offense to really get it going. Um, I think Cooper Cup will have a catch. Um, I'll make that bold prediction. <laughs> uh, I think you'll probably have a bunch of catches, but um, yeah, I, I just don't see us. I don't see Trubisky figuring it out. He, he had a, he had moments uh, last week, but not against a good team. I think you've got a much better defense. I don't think he's going to have any time to set his feet and make plays. Um, so unless they somehow change up the offense and and come up with ways to move him around, I just don't see it happening. So yeah, I, I got something like seventeen, maybe 20, 20, uh Bears 10, 13 points, something like that. Low scoring. Rams probably going to take it. Yeah, I like it. And we'll, I'll get into my predictions later in the week as I kind of look at this matchup. But I, I feel, I mean, I was living in 30s. 30s, 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 30s. I had to wake up and realize that's just not our team, especially with all these injuries. I came down to the 20s last week. And even that was a stretch at it. So uh, I may have to come down into where you're talking. 17, 13 actually sounds uh about right and and the only reason you might think it's wrong is is will the defense score more points than that you know and and will we have an opportunity to snap out of this and try to do something different like you talked about will they come out and change it up a little bit uh but both sides have really shown that they are sticking to their plan whatever it may be and we're just gonna have to kind of deal with it so uh with that Mr. Drew Motter, thank you so much for joining us and talking some Bears and talking some Rams. We appreciate it. And uh, I usually at this point I'd say, well, hopefully we'll see you again later in the postseason. And I don't know if that's the case. So uh, we'll bring you back on 
uh, during the offseason or later in the playoffs when we just want to talk some football and, and you want to come back on. But we appreciate it. Uh, you have a great night. Give the niece and nephew some love and the wife and tell everyone and a couple pets for Mr. Wrigley. Uh, give some, some love to the family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Sounds good, buddy. I'll be texting you on Sunday. With that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. God bless you. In a dream world, I'd have got chance on a record. Doing fine for real, do a happy dance on a record. Sunday morning singing, boy, I need ranch on a record. Sunday morning dressing, yeah, I need ranch on a record. Ready for that blessing, going free, ham on a record. Get the Holy Ghost to go and put his hands on a record. You know he's on fire, NBA jam for the record. Sending praises higher, this is who I am for the record. When the rain falls, it's alright, right. When the pain comes, it's alright. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no nonsense, straight to the point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.